What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new. Something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard, where every 25-point lead is safe. As always, I'm Sid. What's going on, Reg? Hey, what it do, Sid? Ready to jump into these conversations, man. Yes, sir. So uh, last Sunday, we we took uh, most of the team down to Houston to take on the Texans and C.J. Stride uh, and came up short in that game. Uh, <laughs> we came up short in a major way in one particular uh, department. But uh, what is it that you were able to take away from that game with us losing and falling to, to three and three on the season? Well, coming into this game, I thought we had a tall task. Um, C.J. Stride is much better than what I anticipated, even, you know, before coming into this game. But he played very well. Um, Texans had it going, man. Offense definitely played better than what I expected. But overall, I mean, it just stands out that Houston is, even if you don't want to say they're a good team, they are right at average team. Um, If you want to say they're a little bit better than average, I'm I'm cool with that as well. But... um, this was a game that was ultimately determined, man, with a whole bunch of what ifs, you know, like a whole bunch of what ifs. Um, even Houston's first drive, you know, started in uh, their first touchdown, I'm sorry, uh, came off of us missing the field goal, you know, giving up good yeah. field position. So one of those what ifs, what if Blake Groupie make, makes that field goal? And now we're kicking them off the ball, kicking them the ball off, and they had to go to length of the field to put up seven on us. Does that happen against our defense? Defense did start pretty well. Um, it it just was a horrible game for us, man. Uh, Blake Groupie actually missed two field goals that game, taking yep. points off the board. We could have, you know, in the fourth quarter, won a game with a field goal instead of going for it on fourth and fourth to swing past the Elvin Kamara. Um, but overall, the this was a tough break, man. Our secondary had their worst worst game of the season to me. Uh, we couldn't generate pressure constantly, um, uh, consistently enough to cause issues uh, for the Texans' offense. Uh, this was a this was a overall another uh, outing where offense didn't produce in the way that we wanted them to. Yeah, and this uh, and this game to me really came down to execution. This is one of those where I look at it and I say we weren't out coached or anything like that. It was just um, Houston executed throughout the entire game uh, better than we did. You brought up the two missed field goals by Blake Groupie, but um, us operating at the offense inside the 20-yard line in general was anemic to doing anything. And that was really the difference of the game. Even if you take away those field goals, uh, those two missed field goals, uh, we were in the red zone. Uh, I don't even know the number of times that we actually made it. Down. I want to say it was five. Uh, and we came out with two missed field goals and two two missed field goals and two turnover on downs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's you know, that's a minimum of what, uh, three, six, nine, 12 points right there. That's the difference in the ball game. Because if you get off field goals in all of those situations, you know, we come out with a win. If you go and get at least a touchdown <laughs> out of one of the, you know, a touchdown out of one of those four situations, we miss it's a completely different game. Um, and that's really, that's really the difference. Like, 
Uh, we went into this game. Um, I expected us to to get C.J. Stroud to throw his first interception of the year. He did that, but they took the ball right back on the same play. That was a big, you know, that was a big move right there. Um, and then once again, uh, injuries across the offensive line. And even with them, I thought we still did decent uh, throughout the entire game. But once again, that red zone offense was horrific. And to me, that was the biggest difference of the game easily. Um, so um, you you had us actually losing this game um, going into it. And uh, oh, and, and the run game, Houston, and I think it's more about Houston than it was about us. Houston figured out some things with their run game um, that made Damian uh, Pierce and Devin Singletary have some success. Um, and I didn't see them having success on the ground. But Houston as an offense uh, definitely figured out some different things that they had in these the first uh, four weeks. Um, so that's definite, or five weeks. So that was definitely credit to them. And they were able to utilize their run game more than I thought they would have been able to. But um, once again, yeah, the biggest thing for me was that red zone offense. So I have no – I don't want to say I have no issue with the red zone offense because you do want to put up seven. But in all games, you know, touchdowns won't come that easy, especially in the red zone. Everything strengths. People focus on, you know, p- particular guys. It's only a handful of plays. Teams feel comfortable running. And you always tell your quarterback, if nothing's there, don't hold on to the ball too long. Get rid of it. Let's take this three. Let's put our defense back on the field. So I have no issue with us, uh, per se, kicking field goals at the intent that we, you know, should have done. Uh, we actually did. We just didn't capitalize and make them all. If Blake Rupert make those field goals, this is a completely different game. We're in situations that we don't even have to be in. We actually keep the lead if Blake Groupie makes those field goals. That's true. You spoke, on, you spoke on C.J. Stroud throwing one interception. It possibly could have been another if he had to keep going the length of the field. The defense came out the third quarter with the first drive. Houston was able to go down there and get points. Ever since then, it was like Carl Granderson kind of found his rhythm. He was getting to him consistently. Even with no help, Bryce Greasy didn't didn't have a great game. Cam Jordan didn't have a particular great game. But pressure was, you know, consistent enough at times to cause issues for that offense to where if we would have made those field goals, who know how the game play out. Execution, that was a huge thing. I didn't, I didn't want to jump too deep and get too deep caught up into, you know, this last week's game going over the nitpicky stuff. Yeah. But it was it was a bunch of plays, man, that I noticed, you know, what Houston would do on third down. They couldn't get to us in and four in the second half. So it was a particular play on, on third and four. They sent more than we can block. So yeah. forced Derek Carr to get rid of the ball. And it resulted in an incomplete pass. And they were like, you know what? We got something right here. We're going to try that again. It came back around. It was like third and 17. They sent six or seven again. Just, I mean, casino blitzing. Take your shot deep. If you get us, you get us. If not, who cares? And on what and on that third and four, I think we swung the ball out. No, matter of fact, it was on fourth and four when we swung the ball out to Elvin Kamara and you know to the sideline. He got yeah. tackled out of bounds. He had uh, I think it was Chris Olave on a on a little stop and go route. Had Chris Olave wide open, but he was already looking at Elvin Kamara. Yeah. Execute Shahid on that first blitz, on that first big blitz on um on third and short. He has Shahid, the same skinny post Shahid scored a touchdown on, ran the same route, made the DB turn around back to the ball. 
never caught another song. So it, it's things like that that if we were to capitalize on, not only do I feel like we could have won this game, it could have been one of those commanding lead wins where you looking back like, yeah, we never felt like we was going to lose this game. It comes and, down to the small things. And that's why I'm way harder on the Reds on offense than you are because, for one, once again, you don't want to be putting the game solely on your kicker anyway. For him to have to had to have gone out there and kicked three field goals after we hit the red zone five times was crazy to me in the first place because this was the big problem we had last year. And we signed all these players. We got Michael Thomas healthy. We brought back Jimmy Graham. We got Taysom Hill. We got Kamara back. We got a better quarterback. We did all these things to, to specifically be able to be successful in the red zone, and we're not. So you, you take, like I say, we went there and struck out at least four times um, only coming up with one field goal because the touchdown came from outside of the red zone. Um, so we came out of there. We went at least five times. They came out with one, one field goal. You right. know, and I and I feel like you and for one, I mean, kicking that many field goals not gonna win you that many games anyway. You got to get in the end zone eventually. And once again, like for us to hit the red zone that many times, then three of them or four times end up being field goal. That's that's not acceptable to me. Once again, especially when we focus so much on making that not be the case going into this season. So, like you said, like even even beyond the things that you just pointed out, the little things that could have extended drives for us, if we get that into if we get once or twice into the the end zone off of those red zone opportunities, then like you said, this game is something we walk away with. Yeah, and see, I kind of look at it just just slightly different because the offense has been so bad this year for its protection. Execution. But 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 once again, we moving in between the twenties so easily. That's another thing. If we were if we were struggling to move between the twenties, then I'd be like, yeah, bro, we got to be knocking down these field goals because we it's hard yeah. to get to the red zone. It's easy for us to get to the red zone. It's just once yeah. we get there, cold stop. Yeah. And like I said, that was the first game this year where you kind of saw the offense have rhythm in particular with the play, the pass protection for Derrick mm-hmm. That's yep. what caused it. Pass protection was phenomenal. I'm talking Especially about, with another mismatch, you know, mismatch bro, offensive line. Yeah. Yeah, bro. It was like phenomenal. And I mean, DC was stepping into throws confident, letting yeah. that thing fly. That skinny post throw, I mean, that, that was, it wasn't going to get no better than that. So what I'm saying is in, in situations where your offense is not particularly clicking on all cylinders, you have to take advantage of those field goals. And you like, you know, you can't expect your field goal kicker to make them all. I can. If he I don't know why. <laughs> because that's not even just our kicker. That's any kicker in the NFL. This is what I'm saying. If I'm sending my kicker out there and we're talking about, I mean, especially the, the chip shot that he, he yeah. horribly missed. I mean, yeah, I'm expecting any kicker in the lead to make that. Hell, I'm expecting me to get out there and make that if I'm the damn kicker. I, I mean, anything 40, 45 and below uh, in the dome, like, I think every head coach, unless your field goal kicker is in a crazy slump or you feel like his job is up next week anyway, you go in that situation in the dome saying, yeah, we, I feel like he make it. It's not no game-winning field goal, bro. This is a second-quarter field goal. Like, yeah, I mean – you're going to kick the field goal. It's, it's what every team in the NFL is doing. So I just feel like this is one of those games. If he makes those kicks, we win because he's, we're kicking the game winning field goal. Every game that we've won this year, but outside of the New England, even the Patriots uh, game, even though it was a blowout, 
it came down to out to Blake Groupie making multiple field goals in those games. This game was no different. Yeah, and once again, you putting a rookie kicker in a position to kick three, four field goals a game and expecting that to be the reason you win, that's, that that don't sit right with me. And I'm quite sure it don't sit yeah, right with the, him either. It's the, <laughs> it's, the, it, it's the way to – it's the field goals that he was attempting. If he had the – if it was a situation like it was a few weeks ago when we're exiting a rookie kicker to go out there and make the game-winning kick, I feel it. Yeah, you can't expect that all well, the time. But once again, like I say, Dave, I, I, I don't want to say there's no kicker, but I'm quite sure if there are, it's probably two kickers in the NFL right now that's sitting at 100%, whether it's from 0 to 39 or yeah. 40 to 55. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying consciously, if I'm sending my kicker out there to go attempt a 25 or 30-yard field goal in a dome, and we're talking second quarter, I think every head coach in the National Football League feels like their kicker's going to make that kick. Yeah, and I feel like, and, and, and I agree with you if it's second quarter and that kick that he missed if we're sitting there. But once we get to the third one or the fourth one, yeah, I'm not, it's harder for me. Every time I send him out there to have to kick one instead of us getting a touchdown, I'm feeling less and less confident about it. Yeah, he don't need to be out field goal kicker then. I mean, and Will Lusshop would have been feeling the same way about it because he did oh, the same no. thing last year. Last year, oh, we no. had the well, same issue with off. Will Lusk. Well, I mean, regardless of what he was coming off of, we had yeah. the same issue. We had the same. And then the year before that, when we was hurt, yeah. we had the same issues with those we, kickers that we used. So yeah, we, we, haven't had, we haven't had a reliable kicker in three years. So there's no reason for me to all of a sudden feel like this rookie is the guy that's going to you know, put all our faith in, put all our eggs in his basket, and he's going to yeah. experience the victory week after week. That offense in the red zone has to be better. I feel you. And hopefully we get better because ultimately that's the conversations we need to be having is yeah. we score touchdowns, not kick field goals. I went back and I watched that um that first touchdown in the red zone the Texans scored to Dalton Schultz. Yeah, and I was kept trying to figure out what, what was going on with Honey Badger. I watched that play like five times. They sent the other tight end in motion. Yeah. And Honey Badger literally followed mm -hmm. him from the right side of the field to the left. But once they snapped the ball, he stayed put, meaning Honey Badger had to take Dalton Schultz, yeah. and his reaction just was late to it. And that's how they snuck in that, that first touchdown. And, I mean, I mean, it was, let's go ahead and point out some of the bad, too, while we're here. Marshawn Lattimore, like, this was probably his worst game of the season. He go college, dude. He wanted to out there. And, and, it, and the crazy thing is, it's always somebody the lesser, like the, no, Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, it's, yes. it's never these great hey, wide receivers hey. that take advantage of, of Lattimore. It's always somebody that, in his mind, he got to be like, oh, I'm not going to have trouble with this guy at all today. And then they get the best of him. Julio Jones in his prime coming off of five games with 100 yards receiving it better. Yeah, give me him. I, I, I'm ready for him right now. Stephon Diggs been, been lighting the lead up. Yeah, bring him on down the door. I got him right now. Oh, we going to travel. I got Devontae Adams in, in Lambeau. I, I got that. Hey, you give me that fifth-round draft pick guy. That guy yeah. that was drafted in the fifth round, that's the dude that always do Marshawn Lattimore. Give him picks all day. When he got that, that pass interference, the bad one, when he literally was on the sideline, he just grabbed him with two hands. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to cut the game off at that point. I was ready to walk away from it. I ain't going to lie, boy. Yeah. They had me hot. Hot. Not hot, but hot. <laughs> That's what I was watching in the game. And this, uh, I mean, in, in, in all of this, I think we both agree there's no taking away from Houston in this, man. You, like you say, Houston oh, no. is a good team or, or borderline good, if you want to say that. But they're definitely – you know, in position to to uh, 
I mean, honestly, they're in position right now to still win that to win that division, which yeah. is something I talked about early in the season. I felt like they'd be in this position for, but I didn't even see CJ Stroud being this uh this effective early on. So if he keeps this up, then yeah, they for sure can steal that division yeah. this year. Absolutely. And we got to point out he wasn't he didn't even have all his weapons in this game, bro. Yeah, yep. Tank Dale was out with a with a concussion. Mm-hmm. Um, who else was he missing? I think another um, receiver. I think another receiver was out, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, yeah, man, they're, they're definitely, you know, in a good spot over there as well. So this isn't even just about what the Saints didn't do. No, Houston is a is a, is a, a good team right now. Up, definitely up and coming right now. Yeah. So uh, while we're already talking about this Houston game, what takeaways you got coming from this game? Um, things that definitely need to improve, things that kind of got you scratching your head. Things that you're like, all right, this is the second, third week we've, you know, seen this consistently. It needs to be a change here. I know early on it was play calling. It was uh, the struggles the old line was having. People questioning this that regarding yeah. the quarterback for for the New Orleans Saints. So now that we, I feel like we kind of got some of those issues behind us. What do you think the new focuses should be? We don't. People still shitting on Carr. And what's crazy is I had a conversation with Sean yesterday. He sent me a, a TikTok video of uh, a guy explaining how Drew Brees got um, – how he was a runner-up three times for MVP. Um, and one of those times, he 100% should have won it, which was the one that Peyton Manning ended up winning uh, our Super, Super Bowl, Bowl year. Yep. Yeah. Um, but uh, – and I'm like, bro, why – <laughs> And when he sent me that, I was like, man, I was just on Twitter earlier today, and I saw somebody comparing Drew Brees' first six or seven games of a certain year to what Derek Carr has going on right here. I'm like, bro, why can't y'all let go of this? Like, It's not like Drew Brees left and went to another team or anything like that. He retired, move on. But then you go back and you look at him. I'm watching the video, and I'm like, bro, this dude was really special, which is why when everybody was trying to push him out at the end of his career, when he was still capable, I'm like, bro, when he's gone, we're going to miss this, regardless of who comes in behind him. Um, but Derek Carr isn't the issue. He hasn't been the issue. Our offensive line has gotten better every year. I mean, every week to this point. I was shocked to see the combination that they put out there. Um, it worked. This past Sunday, but it worked. Um, and once again, that's going to be different tonight, and we're going to talk about that later, but that's going to be even different tonight because of injuries. Um, Jawan Johnson not being out there, I think this is the third game he's missed. Um, that's huge. That I think that's something that's showing up to be huge, especially in the red zone right now. Um, Jamal Williams, even though Kendra Miller has, has looked decent, he has looked decent, but Jamal Williams, another red zone guy that we went out there and got for the red zone, he'll be back tonight. That's something that we've been missing. Defensively, Carl Granderson is still wrecking. Like, the Carl Granderson, I think you said last week that he, he's a couple weeks away from you going to get his jersey. <laughs> Carl, I'm right there with you. Like, Carl Granderson is somebody who pops off my screen every week. I love that every dude. Week. So, one, I mean, the biggest thing for me is just the execution of the offense, especially, you know, within 20 yards, man. That is the, I mean, and kicking, which is yeah. – I, I still haven't lost all confidence in Groupie. I, I think he's going to go out there tonight and have to kick two field goals, and I'm confident that he's going to make them. Like, it's yeah. – but, they're, you know, um, but hopefully we're in a position where we're scoring more touchdowns, <clears throat> touchdowns 
than field goals and we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, going forward right now, it's injuries. Uh, with Jawan Johnson being gone, the injuries that we have to the offensive line going into this game, that's going to be tough. Um, Demario Davis, you know, we got to see what he's going to be looking like for tonight. So it's injuries and it's red zone efficiency for me. Gotcha. So my biggest takeaways, it was something we hit on a couple weeks ago when you said, hey, man, I'm kind of worried about Chris Olave's uh, volume mm-hmm. and our offense. We're looking at two weeks. He's probably came down with a combination, a combo of three to four, you know, balls. Yeah. And he's not really even getting the targets. more. And than he anything. came out slow this game, too. Yeah. Right. And then they, they got it going. And once they got in rhythm and it's Chris Olave, Shaheed, Chris Olave, Shaheed, Chris Olave, Chris Olave, Shaheed. When that's going on, it seemed like, I mean, everything just was clicking. Like, what a different yeah. team. I don't know if it's, it's because of the speed or what. But moving forward, I definitely think we can't go away from Chris Olave and Shahid. I won't say Elvin Kamara because he's just, he's going to find his way to touch the ball no matter what. But that's how, the, the far as running backs go, Elvin Kamara is the only running back on the team, far as I'm concerned. At this point, he is the only running back we have on our depth chart. Is Elvin Kamara nothing at this point? He doesn't have the wiggle he once had as a rookie, you know, his first couple of years. But he's he still, still a good kid. Yeah, he yeah. still can catch the ball. He still can, you know, hit the hole. His balance still is still crazy. Yeah, yeah. He's, still, he's still there. Um, but Chris Olave, when he's when he's not getting the ball, we're not the same offense. I don't think this can be the dink and dunk offense that it once was for so many years with Drew Brees. I think we have made that transition of being the team that's looking to take the deep shots with our speedsters in Shahid and Chris Olave. Everyone else, I just feel like, should get the ball as they're open. I'm not saying Michael Thomas shouldn't be involved, but I'm just saying we. I don't think we need to be predicating our offense off of these four- and five-yard slants the way that we did years and years ago. We can put a lot of pressure on defenses with the speed of Chris Olave and Shahid. So two things. One is I can't go with you with the Alvin Kamara on the running back on this depth chart. Jamal oh, Williams Jamal. comes back tonight. Um, Jamal Williams is going to look a whole lot different with Alvin Kam- spelling Alvin Kamara than him having to be the guy, which was the case, you know, the first three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is Derek Carr is evident that Derek Carr trusts Michael Thomas way oh, more absolutely. than he trusts any other receiver. Anybody. I was and, say anybody. And the He's right to. From what we've seen through six weeks, he's right to. That dink and dunk, that's not going anywhere because he knows if he throws it to Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas most likely is coming down with the football. And then that allows him to open up everything else. It's just we got to get to that point quicker. It can't be seven targets to Michael Thomas throughout the first half. And then we it, it, it takes two the second half for us to try to open up and get down the field to Shahid and Alave. It has to mm-hmm. come earlier in the game than that. So I don't have any problem with him, you know, setting up and, and building, you know, his chemistry with right. Michael Thomas, his trusted wide receiver, you know, throughout the first three drives and then opening it up. It's just it can't be a half of football that goes on like that before he opens it up and starts, you know, getting it out to Alave and Rashid Shahid. I think it definitely comes down to course of uh, pass block. And if the pass blocking is playing well early in the game, maybe they do feel safe enough 
they'll open up and take some of those shots. But when your quarterback is only having three seconds to throw the football like he was the first couple of weeks, I think that's another reason that we didn't necessarily see a bunch of deep balls and a bunch of targets downfield for guys like Olave and Chris um, and Shahid. Moving forward. But also, you know, those guys got to get open down the field, too. Derek well, Carr is one of those quarterbacks, too. I mean, but that hasn't been the case for the past couple of weeks. Like, yeah, it started off like that, like three seconds to throw. It hasn't been that these past two, three weeks. He's had time, but we've looked at Chris Olave and Rasheed Shaheen and even Michael Thomas, and we're saying, well, he has time, but nobody's getting open. That was a big thing during the Tampa Bay game. They're like, he has time, but nobody's getting open no, down getting the field. Open. Yeah, and, yeah he's so, not, and he's not the quarterback that's going to just chunk it up there and pray. You know, he he's... He's not going to do that, which I love that. You know, like, I, I love that. I don't need Jameis Winston. I don't need the 30 touchdowns and 30 <laughs> interceptions. Throw it when you feel comfortable, when you feel, you know, when, when yeah. it seems more open than not, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm laughing because I be talking to my daddy, and that's what he be saying. Man, them youngsters, man, they be, they be waiting on them dudes to come. They sit still, and then they'll move out the way right quick, <laughs> and they'll throw that out of <laughs> <laughs> we ain't got that, bro. We yeah. Got Derek Carr. He, ain't, he ain't doing none of that. Exactly. But, but no, these past couple weeks have been kind of bizarre because going back to the Tampa Bay game, if you remember, we were still struggling to protect the quarterback. So we actually left more guys blocking than they had coming in, meaning we were playing one behind. Yeah, so, but we but we, we went back and we were looking at that game and we noticed how the timing was there because of what we were doing with the blocking. It's just the receivers couldn't find a way to get open. Couldn't get yeah. open, right. And then moving on to the New England game, you went in I mean, beat them 34 nothing. I mean, I'm not yeah. trying to take no shots downfield. Yeah. And then, obviously, this this past week, we took our fair shot. Bruh, so many times on third. I don't know if it's going to be a – I'm actually looking forward to tonight because yeah. I'm like, maybe Jacksonville saw that film, too, and said, well, damn, on third down, yeah, they sent the house and it worked for them. We're going back to that. So I'm looking forward to see on third down how Jacksonville approaches us. Because if so, Chris Olave, I mean, and and Shahid, they should be winning in those situations. If he would have saw Shahid on that on that skinny post again for that touch, once he caught that ball, he would have been gone. Because yeah. there's no there's no safety. I think he threw, I don't know if it was the Chris uh, Olave or Shahid. I think it was Shahid on the right side of the field on when they, they blitzed him on third down and he threw it up for grabs and he couldn't locate the ball. He looked inside first mm-hmm. and the ball was strong yeah. to the outside. I think that was Shahid. Uh, yeah, that was Shahid. That was Shahid, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you capitalize on a couple of those. It's a completely different game. But yep. until you do it, I feel like teams are going to continue to do what they're doing. So, looking forward to seeing how it works out. And gladly we aren't sitting here going into to week, what are we going into week seven, saying that the offense is still lacking any type of creativeness. Um, I was on Sunday, motioned on 36% of the plays when the first three, four weeks it didn't seem like we were motioning at all. So <laughs> that's definitely uh that's definitely a good stat that came from that game. But right. uh, as Nick Underhill pointed out, on the pace that we're going right now. Derek Carr is on pace for 14 passing touchdowns. That's not good. That, that has to change. Yeah. yeah. So they ain't gonna get it at all. Um <clears throat> we can look around the league real quick from week six. Uh the yeah. last two undefeated teams lost. Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles lost to the Jets for the first time ever. Yep. If I'm not yep. mistaken. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And the San Francisco 49ers lost to the Cleveland Browns. Which loss was more surprising to you? Definitely the 49ers. The 49ers. I 49ers on this one. Yeah. Uh, they were rolling. I mean, everybody had them by far the best complete team in football. Uh, offense was rocking and rolling. Defense was rocking and rolling. Christian McCaffrey was unstoppable. Debo looked like the different receiver we spoke about. George Kittle popping up and, and you know, having a big game whenever they needed or whenever he felt like it. Uh, and then you get into a situation where you lose two of those three guys we spoke about, and you got Brock Purdy struggling to throw the ball for 100 yards. Um, Elijah Mitchell was also banged up, under, not able to run the football. San Francisco finally struggled offensively. And it was to the Cleveland Browns without Deshaun Watson. So even if all those things happen and you tell me Deshaun Watson is not playing, I'm saying, okay, Cleveland still wins. But no. And, and that's the biggest thing to me because Cleveland has a good defense. Cleveland has given right. up the least amount of yards in the league this year. I think mm-hmm. they're right at a thousand through yep. six games, which is crazy. But for PJ Walker to be their quarterback, you know, I felt comfortable in, oh, they lost from McCaffrey. Oh, they lost, you know, Debo. They should still be fine. And, yep. you know, they weren't because of how good that Cleveland defense was. Yep. Um, and we knew what the Jets de- we know what the Jets defense was going into that Philly game. Uh, and we knew Philly had Philly had close calls already, you know, to this point. So I'm with you because of San Francisco, the way that they had been beating teams, um, which if they're healthy, I'm still looking at them and saying that's the best team in the NFL. But um, yeah, that that definitely was the more surprising one. Um, we still have more trades coming through uh, throughout the week. We got McCole Harmon who got moved this week, uh, traded back to Kansas City. Uh, I think we were off air when we talked about him last <laughs> week and, and tried to figure out where a place was. Yeah. And yeah, you brought up, hey, you know, what if he goes back to Kansas City? Um, and that's where he found himself, which seems to be a perfect situation because yeah. by my accounts, he's number one receiver. Bro, <laughs> as soon as he steps in the building, yeah. Instantly. Like somebody need to be in a parking lot grabbing his suitcase, bringing it inside I'll- for him. I will say uh, the rookie, Rasheed Rice, he's definitely coming nice. along, and Mahomes yeah, is, nice. is building yeah. something with him. But, That's yeah, cool. I definitely think McCole Harmon steps right back in there and, and takes over that spot. Yep. Um, dealt with a lot of more injuries. Uh, a lot of more injuries, and, again, a lot of more people coming back. Um, the Rams lost two running backs, I think, last week. Yeah, the Rams lost both of their running backs. Um Deshaun Watson still dealing with his injury, even though it looks like he may be on track to play. I saw he practiced today. Daniel Jones still dealing with his neck injury. Um, just, you know, across the league, a whole uh, a whole bunch of injuries taking place. Um, but once again, guys coming back, you know, people opening up window. Kyler Murray had his practice window opened up, um, meaning in the next three weeks, he's probably going to be back, you know, playing uh, for, for the Cardinals. Jalen Ramsey had his open back up. They're talking oh, really? about he may I play mean, Sunday. Yeah, they say what? he's ahead of schedule. He may play Sunday. That's way, that's way ahead of schedule. Yeah. That's much. <laughs> yeah. Um, who was the other guy who had his window open? Uh, I think it was Buda Baker. Buda ba- yeah, it was Buda Baker and Colin Murray. Nice. So two nice. guys that can instantly, yeah. you know, uh, help Arizona out. So, um, you know, just, just touching on some of the injuries we got going across the league right now. So that's definitely uh, interesting. Um. Anything else from just around the no, league? I think, I, think, I think that's it, man. Uh, you got guys that uh, moved the IR that we spoke about last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's time to take a look at tonight's Thursday night game. 
uh, we're hosting the Jags. Is yeah, that what we are? The oh, yeah, hosting the Jags, favored by two. Uh, it started out as ones. Now it's shocking. two. Shocking. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, man. That's shocking. shocking. Uh, and yeah, it's not shocking to me. Like I said, I view these teams at, at worst, as even. At best, I think we're better just because of our defense. Um, but I can definitely see how it would have been us favored about one and you saying, oh, it's a toss-up by two. Mm-hmm. I can see it still. Um, but, yeah, that's what we're looking at. The Jacksonville Jaguars come down to New Orleans uh, Thursday night football. Uh, Saints favored by two. I'll let you go first. What, what, what you got for this one? Oh, wait. <laughs> let me let me throw out our injury report. Um, Demario Davis, game-time decision. We'll see mm-hmm. him being a game-time decision, knowing him, knowing how he is, he's most likely going to play. Um, no Jawan Johnson. Again. No um, no Hurst. No Ryan Ramchick. No mm-hmm. Landon Young. Um, mm-hmm. So that's three offensive linemen. We down right there. Jamal Williams is back. He's playing mm-hmm. tonight. Um no Jawan Johnson. I'm trying to think who else that's real key for us. I think I think that's it, I think that's it uh, yeah. for our injuries right there. For them, Trevor Lawrence was questionable. He's healthy. I mean, they, they said he was going to be a game-time decision, and we're going to test it out before game time. That quickly turned into Trevor Lawrence is going to play tonight. So, um, so what you got for tonight? I was happy when I saw that he was doubtful, like seriously <laughs> doubtful when Jacksonville was looking to sign a quarterback. And I'm like, yeah, he ain't gonna play. Uh, so that changes everything for me. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, you know what? It's kind of fair. We're down two tackles. They're down there starting quarterback. It's a toss up. I'm rolling with the Saints at this point, right? Uh, the yeah. defense is too good to let CJ, uh, what's his name, Bethlehem or whatever, come in and put CJ, up 20. Yeah, CJ Berthard, yeah. yeah. He's not putting up 20 on us on a short week's notice in the dome it's not gonna happen but knowing that Trevor Lawrence is playing um Travis Etienne uh I think he's phenomenal we kind of spoke earlier yeah. there about him I think he's phenomenal he's a do-it-all he can run the ball for 70 80 yards he can also go out there and get you 30 40 yards receiving uh he makes people miss in the open field uh yeah. small but also util- they utilize him uh, effectively in the red zone uh, you know about uh you know his tight end Evan Ingram who came on last year. They got uh Kelvin Ridley who's been a great pickup. Uh Christian Kirk. We can go on and on about yep. what Jacksonville has become. Uh New Orleans is having offensive woes and this is an offensive lead. Our defense is definitely better, but I think their defense is sound enough to deal with an offense that's not clicking yet. Um that special teams is better than ours at this point. Um, the only thing that I feel like we have going for us tonight is home field advantage. I'm not going to lie. Um, taking my New Orleans Saints, who that nation phantom out of this game, I would feel like Jacksonville is the better team. Uh, yeah. And I am, go- I am going to go with them tonight. Uh, I think they get the upset on the road. And I think a uh, big game from Christian Kirk, probably moving him around in the slot. He's a guy that doesn't have to catch uh, you know, fit 10 balls to have a big game. Uh, he's the kind of guy that can have five catches and all five just so happen converted third downs and things of that yeah. nature. So they're going to move him around a lot. He's like an extension of the tight end. Um, and Travis Etienne, I just spoke about how great he is and how versatile he is. I just think both of them gives them the spark and, you know, look out for Josh Allen on the line. 
Uh, he's a guy that can definitely wreck a game. Uh, you know, a lot of people are becoming aware of how great he is on that edge. Uh, being down two tackles, I'm sure he is ready to go right now. Yeah. Hearing that news. So I uh, definitely think Jacksonville come into this game with the edge. And not just him. Um, I'm trying to think of the other guy's name right now. I want to say he's a rookie this year. But they have another pass rusher, too, who's, who's really good for them uh, this year. I can't think of his name right now. <clears throat> Um, Walker. Sunday. Talk about Walker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Walker. Yeah, Trayvon Walker. Um, yeah. So Sunday, I was I was ready to pick Jacksonville. Sunday, I was ready to pick Jacksonville. I am picking New Orleans just based off of Trevor Lawrence not being one hundred percent healthy and mobility in the pocket being something that's big for him. And with this being a knee injury that was coming down to a game time decision, makes me feel like that's not. Uh, it is. It's, I'm going to go because this is my team. I'm a quarterback. I'm trying to go out there and get it. And yeah. we're going to have a, a, an extended time off after this Thursday game. Um, I think that if I think if this was a if this game was Sunday, I still wouldn't win Jags. He would have been he would have had more time to really heal up. Um, I think because of his knee, he's going to be sitting in a pocket more than he's used to. Um, I think they're going to just off rip run the football uh even more than they're used to and i think travis etn is already leading the league uh in rushing attempts uh mm-hmm. so i think he gets even more carries tonight mm-hmm. um and their success is going to depend on how successful he is at running the football tonight um i think this is uh unfortunately i think this is another low scoring game oh uh, I can easily see this being 17, 14, 17, 13. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that so, sh- shockingly, I'm, bruh, and, and let me bring this up too, because I talked about our injuries, but I didn't bring up the fact that with Ranchick being down and Hurts being down, they're obviously not confident in Trevor Penny. So they're moving Pete out to left tackle, tackle. which is going to put. Uh, Saldivari at left guard to start this game. McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, and at right tackle, a player they just signed to the practice right. squad, which he's a veteran, but you just signed him to your practice squad. You started Cam Irving, who is a left tackle. You started mm-hmm. him at your right tackle. Even yeah. with all that, for some reason, I'm still confident in the offensive line tonight. I have no idea why. That's crazy. <laughs> I have That's no awesome. idea why. Yeah, I have no idea why. And I think yeah. it's because last week we were in a similar situation when we went out there with what we put out there. And I was like, nah, that's not going to work. But it did. So I don't know. I don't know what it is that that I don't that know was, what it is that made them successful last Sunday. Because uh, once again, why are you starting? Because uh, Saldivari got thrown in there and then you kicked um you kicked Hurst out to left tackle. Hurst got hurt early. You know, you start moving players all around your offensive yeah. line. They still held yeah, up pretty well throughout the game. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what I'm banking on here is what we always bank on is good defense from the Saints. But I'm banking on red zone to be a much better thing. I think this is a heavy Taysom Hill game. Um. I think. In the red zone, you're going to see a lot of Taysom here taking a snap with Jamal Williams on one side of him and Alvin Kamara on the opposite side of him. Um, I think I think that's what it really comes down to. I think we're going to hit the red zone less than what we did last week, but when we get there, we're actually going to be able to convert it into a 
to two touchdowns instead of it being three or four field goals. Uh, so I'm going to take us to win this game. I'm going to say 17 to 14. So I have a very score game, a very low scoring game too. I didn't give you my score, but I got this game being 20 to 13. Okay. Uh, let's move on to our next game. Uh, it seems like every week we can't uh, get away from picking it. Uh, the game yeah, of our NFC the South ri- rivals. Yeah, I, I think we just need to do that. We just need to add. Yeah, that yeah, yeah and, add that in. And the division isn't what everybody thought it was going to be. Like even when you watch our football, you say, "Man, these teams aren't great." But you're looking at three teams that's all 500 or better at this point mm-hmm. out of four yeah. of the teams, and nobody was expecting that. Um. I de- I definitely think that we 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 kind of felt like all three teams would be not pushovers. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. You know, I I think we right where we where we thought everybody would be. The only I don't thing we think figured would be horrible was the Panthers. Well, I yeah, we we all agreed about that. <laughs> you were just bigger. You were just bigger on Tampa. On Tampa and than I, Atlanta. And I was just yeah. bigger on Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? But, but I'm talking about beyond me and you. Like, I'm talking about, you oh, know, everyone you know, else really yeah, looked at I this as either the Saints going to run away with this division or Atlanta going to run away with this I division. Everybody else is going to be bad. Um, but the Falcons played the Bucks this week. Um, and the Bucks are favorite two and a half at home. Yep. Uh, both teams coming off a loss. Everybody lost in our division last yeah. week. So, <laughs> uh, both teams coming off a loss. Desmond Ritter still having his struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very up and down at this point. Baker probably played his worst game this past week. Um, they're still struggling with their run game more than anything in Tampa. Um, man, this is that Falcons defense is really good though. That that Falcons defense is really good, but Desmond Ritter is so bad. I. <laughs> I, I'm trying to see how much longer they go without giving it to Taylor Heineke, especially with his division seeming so winnable at this point in the season. I would have already gone to him. We're going to see how long they hold out. But um, I'm going to take Tampa Bay to win this game. Two and a half. Once again, that's a toss-up, basically. Uh, so I'm going to give Tampa Bay. I don't – I think this looks like a lot – I think this looks a lot like um, – when the Falcons played Detroit, which was this past Sunday or the Sunday before? Sunday before. The Sunday before where the Falcons just couldn't get close enough to, to kick field goals. They didn't get close enough. They didn't get into the red zone uh, in order to score any touchdowns. I think this is one of those games. I think the Falcons are able to move the football to about midfield, and then that's it, unless Desmond Ritter is able to go out there and start – all of it. And one and man, we two weeks off of me saying, look, bro, this game he looked so comfortable in the offense. And mm-hmm. then last week it just reverted back to what it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point I have way more. I think the Vikings have a better defense, but I like the Bucks defense as well. I trust right. Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin more than I trust Desmond Ritter. Um, and I don't think that they're going to be able to just run the football down Tampa Bay's throat. So, yeah, give me Tampa Bay. Two and a half, I'll take them by field goal. I don't think they're going to blow Atlanta out. Because uh, I, I honestly think this is going to be a low-scoring game as well. So, I'm going to actually take your score from our game and say the Bucs went 20 to 13. Very crazy. It's almost like you're looking at my notes. I have, <laughs> I have this game 20 to 13 as well, and I have Tampa Bay winning this game for the same reasons. Uh, 
You just said Baker Mayfield played his worst game of the season as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and yet I watched that game and said, Baker didn't play bad to me. He just missed a couple throws that would have bust the game wide open. He yeah. missed two He missed two to, to the one receiver. I think it was Darby that if he takes two yards off of those balls, it's a completely different ball game. Yeah. Um, so given the fact that Baker is going out there and playing, you know, comparable football uh, with no run game, meaning anything they do get from the running game is a plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm liking what I'm seeing. The biggest difference that I've seen from, I would say, the first two weeks to now is that Baker believes in his O-line and he's delivering balls. He's fighting for extra yards. He's buying time in the pocket. He definitely feels comfortable throwing the ball to his top two receivers. It's just when they're not available, then it becomes an issue. Yeah. I'm not. Is Mike Evans playing in this game? Is, is yeah. he, he's a go? Yeah, I, that's the only thing that I could have saw that would have sidelined uh, me from picking Tampa. But if I figured he was playing, if he's good to go, I'm taking Tampa Bay 20 to 13. Desmond Ryder right now, he still just don't have it all between the ears. I don't think it's something to where Atlanta fans need to be concerned about. I just think Atlanta fans are ready for him to win. Like, I'm real cool with it. Well, <laughs> pretty cool with a dude named Reggie who's a who's a Atlanta fan. And he's every other week he's ready to bench him. Like you said, yeah. up one one game, down the next game. Nobody got time for that, bro. We're trying to run yeah. away with this division. Especially in a winnable division, yeah. Division, yeah. But when I see him, he's not horrible. Like, yeah. he's not terrible. He reminds me a lot of Marcus Mariota from last year. And the only difference yeah. is there's probably a seven- to eight-year window between, well, what, six? No, that's about six, seven years. Yeah. Yep. Of, a, of a window between those guys. So if he's looking like a seven, a dude that was in for seven years and had the job for almost a year, you got to respect that and give him more time because even when you drafted him, you know he wasn't a day one guy anyway. So this is basically him getting his feet wet, his feet wet and learning. So uh, I, I think he still has a chance to be okay, but uh, this week I'm going to go with Tampa. They built to stop the run. They've been great at it for the last couple of years. Atlanta – hasn't figured out how to use their tight end, how to use Drake London. I mean, I have to give the edge to Tampa Bay in this game. And I want to tell you something, too. Like, if they don't ever bench Ritter throughout this season, I can't blame them for it. It's probably the smart thing to do when it comes to when it comes to him as a player and being like, is this somebody who we can build on for years to come? But if right. they just look at it as, can we can win this division this year, I think Taylor Heineke gives them the better chance. It's just that if you give the ball over to Taylor Heineke, you probably not, not ever going to go back to right. Ritter. Yeah, so right. yeah. It, it's going to be tough to see how they operate with that, and it's going to really, it's probably really going to come down to whether Arthur Smith thinks his job is in jeopardy after this season or not. So we'll see. I think I think it's going to come down to the first time they look back and say we lost that game because of tra- uh, Desmond, Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. If yeah. that situation comes to play, I think then you have to entertain Taylor Heineke. But if we keep losing games because of, uh, you know, lack of execution, special teams, penalties, and things of that nature, but we're right there, we're, we're, we're playing teams close, I just don't think that gives you the right to play Taylor Heineke right away. I don't know, man. I saw the Jaguars game in London, and that's one that was really on Ritter more than anybody else. You just – just bad balls, poor accuracy throughout that entire game, and it, it, it kept them from being able to move the football at all. But yeah, once again, he, he, that, that's a early. game. I think, I think it has that's to be more saying. than one to where you're like, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Um, our third right. game is uh, the Chargers against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are minus five in this game. Um, I'll tell you one thing before we even say anything. 
I bet this game we got teams scoring over 20 points. Yeah. I got them. <laughs> I got both teams going over 20. The Chiefs are still a Super Bowl contender in my eyes, um, yeah, but they're absolutely. struggling right now. I don't mm-hmm. think that's undeniable. We can't deny that at all. Offensive, offensively more than defensively, which is a shocker to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Their defense has played very well this season to this point. Offense, mm-hmm. they got to execute better. They have to. Um, I don't know how... Once, I was about to say, I don't know how much it changes for this week, um, but it's going to change just based off of who they're playing, which is the Chargers, who probably at this point, I didn't check before we started recording, but at this point, I would bet that they're still 30, 31st, 32nd in most defensive categories. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this definitely will be a high-scoring game. I picked it because of the, the minus five more than anything. Because mm-hmm. even – I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I think it's a real close game, too. Me I too. think this is a three-, four-point victory. I'm going to mm-hmm. take the Chiefs, but I think this is a three-, four-point victory. Uh, so, yeah, I like the Chiefs, but I'm going to take the Chargers to, to come in under that uh, five-point margin. Yeah, so once again, man, I, I don't know if, if, if the camera is tilted to my face, <laughs> but I, I have that as well. I have the Chargers 24, Kansas City 20. Seven winning by three points. Um, the Chargers just find a way to beat themselves, man. We yeah. talk time after time about how loaded they are with their roster. They're one of the most well put together co- uh, teams in the National Football League. It comes down to execution, preparation, and coaching. That's the things that seem like always kill the Chargers. Um, Kansas City, I have no concerns about for reasons that you just you just called out. You're saying that they're finding ways to win games. They're finding ways to beat incredible teams, um, and their offense isn't clicking, which means their defense is doing their job. Offense is coming up short, and they're still winning. That makes me feel like once they do figure it out on offense, because they will, it's just going to be that much better. I don't care about them not being able to run the ball down team's throats. It's been that way a couple years, and they've two, 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 three Super Bowls. In the last and, five years. And this, this year probably looks like their best running game. Pacheco game looks good right. this year, yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, I have no I have no problems with the Chiefs. Um you're gonna see a lot of man to man defense from Kansas City. Um you're gonna hope sooner or later Chris Jones have some sort of impact in this game on the line. Kansas City's known for you know batting balls at the line of scrimmage, uh things of that nature. Uh this is one of those games where I think not having Mike Williams might, you know, kinda hurt. Um uh, the uh, Chargers just a little yeah. bit. Um, still going to be a very good offensive uh, team, but I just think they come up just a little bit short because for whatever reason, whether it's the wrong play being called or a penalty or whatever the reason is, they find some type of way to beat themselves. Yeah, They always do. Uh, and the last game we got here for this week is Dolphins-Eagles. The Eagles are favored by two points. We're talking about two of the best teams in the NFL thus far. Um, Dolphins have an offense that's uh, that's matching records at this point through through six weeks. Uh, I know uh, Tyreek Hill uh, through week six is already over 800 receiving yards. He's looking at a thousand yards in the already. face, you know, already. Yeah. You know, um, we know what Tua is. We know what their run game has been, regardless of if it's been a chain, whether it's been bolstered. Uh, Jeff Wilson's coming back here soon. He's gonna he's gonna start ripping them off for him as well. 
Um, but we also know what the Eagles offense is. Um, the worries about them have been their defense, their secondary in particular. Um, we saw early on in the season they were able to force turnovers and jump up on people and did not let go of leads. Uh, but we see when it's a battle and they have to go back and forth with teams, uh, they struggle a bit more. They finally got their first loss this past Sunday against a really good defense in the Jets. Miami's defense isn't quite that, but Miami's offense is definitely going to keep pressure on them to where you you got to match us. Mm-hmm. Um, so where are you going with this one? Very tricky game. This was the biggest toss-up game to me that was yeah. on the schedule. Uh, this game is very tricky, bro, because Kansas – I mean, I'm sorry. Um, Miami, they can score with – nobody in the league can put up points the way they can, they can put up points. Um, I think Tua has one of the most interesting jobs in football for his coaches and respond. I mean, uh, play, play calling, uh, pieces around him, things of that nature. I, it, he almost have to – man – be, I hate to say it, like have a concussion almost to have a, a bad game these days with how much his supporting pieces do. They could throw it, they could run it, they could do it short, they can do it long. However you want it, they can give it to you. Um, but the defense, the defense has been an issue, you know, mm-hmm. this week. Every week is like they're allowing high 20s to 30 points, just as good as the offense. That's just how many points, points and yards they're going to give up. Um, Jalen Hurts, I think he'll have a lot on his plate tonight. Uh, I'm sorry, come Sunday, uh, because it's not only matching that offense, I think it's matching Tua as a whole. Uh, once again, Tua task is a little easier than his, but I think at the end of the day, his numbers is going to have to be almost identical to Tua's in order for Philly to be successful and beat Miami. Um, Philly does possess the ability to just simply run the ball down Miami's throat. They best really do. Line in football. I'm sorry. I said best offensive line in football. They definitely possess it. It's just can it be consistent enough to where you're getting seven and not three? Because you kicking three field goals against Miami, that can be the difference in the ball game. This one is tough, man. I started off by taking Miami, and I'm really thinking more Philly right now. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna go with my gut. I'm gonna go ahead and take Miami. I'm gonna take Miami 33. My my Miami 33 to 30. 33 um, to 30. I just feel like it's an offensive lead. They have a little. They have an easier way of moving the ball uh, than Philly. Uh, if you gonna tell me Philly is the most complete team out of the two, cool. But I just think Miami offense is just a little bit much to deal with these days. So I'm gonna take them by three. So we talked about Jalen Ramsey uh, earlier in the show, and if he plays, that's definitely a game changer. Um, in order for Philly to win this game, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith have to go off. Like, I'm talking yeah. 130, 150 yards. They have to I go agree. off. They have to look at the man across from them and be like, nah, bro, not today. Um, and, and, I'm not but, saying that, yeah. and I'm not saying that's impossible. Like, that's, that's likely to happen. But Absolutely. Um, I'm going to have to trust my M. And it's not just that Miami offense is good. And like you said, they had, they can run it. They can pass it long, short. It's how quickly they they get the ball up and down the field. That's what I'm worried about Philly not being able to match. I don't think Philly is going to be able to score. Um, I don't think Philly is going to be able to 
we're going to run the football down the field on you, and we're going to eat up clock, and that's how we're going to beat you. Nah, yeah. they're going to use up possession, and it's going to hurt themselves because Miami's going to come right back, <laughs> score quickly, put the ball back in your hand, and say, okay, do it again, <laughs> without, without running out of time. And I think yeah. that's really going to be the difference. Um, so I'm with you on this one. I'm going Miami uh, to win this game. Um, I like your score of 33-30. I'm going to say 30-27. to 27. Uh, okay. Right there, you know, being the same thing. But, yeah, I, I got Miami on this one, too. Okay. So I think the only one we parted ways on was the Saints, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, was tonight's game, Saints, Saints, yeah. uh, Jags. And I'm hoping so, I'm wrong. I'm yeah, I'm wrong. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong about it being a low score game, yeah. Um, so real quick, just wanted to throw three things at you real quick. Go ahead. Two of them football related, one of them the NBA, because the NBA starts next Tuesday. That's before we actually uh will sit back down and do this again, but... The first two are Super Bowl odds and MVP odds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Bowl right now, we're looking at San Francisco at plus 430, Kansas City at plus 500, Philly at plus 750, Buffalo at 900, Miami at plus 1,000, Dallas at 1,100. And I threw ours in there just for the hell of it. We're at plus 4,700. What, <laughs> what would be your bet at this point in the season? All right, so... If I was to have to put something on it, it's so hard to repeat in the National Football League, right? Yeah. Super hard to compete. The only true issues I'm having with Kansas City right now is Travis Kelsey's health. Like, I know he's suiting up and he's taping his ankle and all that good stuff. And he's but still just going not, crazy, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's, like, going to get them, you know, over the hump for, for many weeks to come. But if I had to bet on anything in the AFC is definitely going to be Kansas City. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is just simply different when he's on. When he's off, they can still win. And not just win, but he can win a Super Bowl with mediocre numbers. Uh, But when he's on, he's simply the best in football. So I would definitely take uh, Kansas City in the AFC. NFC is a little bit uh, easier for me to pick. I think San Francisco is clear as day the best team in the NFC, arguably the best team in football. Yeah. Um, I love, I love, I love Kyle Shanahan's uh, play calling. I think he is probably uh, second best in the league Uh, next to Andy Reid. I have to give Andy that that slight uh, nod. But the guys that he has in his system, the impact that they bring from the offensive line to the quarterback, I mean, no matter how you want to play it, if you want to, you know, uh, do a lot of motion, if we got to do a lot of misdirections like they do when they play the Rams to offset Aaron Donald, we can do that and, and, you know, be successful. If you want to play smash mouth football, these guys are aggressive, they're big, they're fast. We can do it that way and beat you down. Uh, Brock Purdy, they're not afraid to let him air it out just a little bit more um, this year, and that defense is going to hold you under 20. I mean, Nick Bosa, probably the second best defensive player this year in football third maybe third this year i give him third right now so uh i mean it's just a just a tough group so right now i'm going nfc san francisco afc kansas city yeah for me it's, it's san francisco over everybody wants to get healthy i think they're clearly the best team in football offense mm-hmm. and defense um they they get it done uh afc i'm with you right now still kansas city once again uh at this point even with them looking shaky on offense, like you say, they're finding ways to win. 
Um, so when that offense does, you know, start clicking, then it's going to be trouble for the rest of the league. We know what Patrick Mahomes is. We know what Kelsey is. I think McCole Hartman comes back and changes a lot for them as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm right there with you with those two. Um, MVP odds. Who would be – I'm not even going to – I'll tell you the odds after you name your player. Uh, who would be your bet for MVP? Right now, season ended. Yep. Season ended today. My MVP is always a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, it's always uh, a quarterback. Man, that's pretty tough, bro, because you got guys like Tua, right, who's probably probably have the, the passing numbers. And then you got guys like Josh Allen that's truly doing it solo. Hmm. That's a toss-up right there. Um, but I'll probably have to I'll probably have to go Josh Josh Allen right now. Josh Allen. <clears throat> Josh Allen is currently what he has the third best odds at plus six fifty. Okay. Um, I would uh Tua is first at plus three thirty and Mahomes is plus three forty. So they right okay. up on each other. Um I'm actually going to go with who's fifth on this list at plus 1,000, which is Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to know if it was a quarterback. Oh, yeah, have, yeah, yeah. Do they have anybody that's top seven that's not a quarterback? One, two, three, four, five, six. I listed six, and there was no running back. Uh, okay. I wish I would have remembered who seven was. But six, through six, okay. it's, it's all quarterbacks. Okay. Uh, Purdy. Uh, Tua, Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Purdy, and then Lamar Jackson. Okay. All right. Cool. Because I feel like Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill deserve consideration. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I thought I thought McCaffrey would have been high on the list. So when I didn't see him in that top six, I was even kind of shocked. Yeah. <laughs> um. Last thing, once again, NBA season starts next week. NBA Finals. I looked at those odds to try to see, you know, what Vegas was thinking when it came to that. So... I mean, just once again, we're five days out, I think, from the start of the season. Just looking forward, what would be your NBA Finals matchup looking at going into this season? Hmm. I would probably say, oh, definitely Boston in the in the, in the um, Eastern Conference. I know you got Dame that just got traded. But, to man, I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not going to lie, man. I, we, at work, we talk about that uh, Porzingis trade, and it's like I like it more and more. Every yeah. time, you know, we talk basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so can you imagine when teams go small? That's like if they go small and he gets to play the five, that's gonna be yeah. like crazy for Boston. Um, shooters everywhere, bro. Yeah, that dude's a seven footer. So I'm so I'm going Boston in the in the Eastern Conference. And I do like what a lot of teams have done in the Western Conference. However, I still feel like uh Denver has the edge. Yeah. Um Right? I mean, this is probably three seasons in a row for me. I'm ashamed to say it. But um, for me, it's Boston. Uh, once again, for the past couple seasons, um, the one thing that they had been missing wasn't a uh, Christoph Spivangas. It was Drew Holiday. It was a guy that can, you know, really ball handle and, and, and defend at, at that point guard position to where you could um, really confidently take the ball out of Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum's hand and let somebody create for them. Drew Holiday is definitely that guy. Not exactly what he used to be, but he's definitely that guy. So I'm I'm with you with Boston right there. Uh, out of the West is L.A. Um, 
Denver to me, Denver's championship last year was one, Jokic is unstoppable, but more importantly, his role players was his role players got on such a streak during their playoffs to where because you couldn't do nothing with Jokic and you couldn't do nothing with the rest of his cast, you know, there wasn't it, there was no stopping them as a team. Betting right. on his role players to play like that again is what it would take, I feel like, for them to get back there. I have no doubts about Jokic. Jokic is going to go out there. He's going to put up a 25-point triple-double throughout the season. He's going to be close to unstoppable. It's about the role players. Um, they didn't lose too much. Bruce Brown took off. He went to the Pacers. Indiana. Um, but, I, I mean, I can't even think of another player that they that they actually lost that, that mattered. So, they bring it back basically the same team. Um, mm-hmm. Lakers had a little bit of turnover, but they were able to keep um, they were able to keep their core uh, and and got better. Uh, they was fear that we they were going to lose D'Angelo Russell, kept him. Uh, they was fear that uh, maybe Austin Reeves would have got a crazy offer, ended up going somewhere else, kept him. Um, resigned Ruby, brought back Vando, um, added. Uh, Jackson Hayes at center, a guy that I really like. Added Christian Wood later in the offseason. Added Gabe Vincent, uh, who's going to be a better Very defender good. at point guard. Um, mm-hmm. Got Torian Tor- uh, Prince for the low uh, yeah, to come in and, and play some more, uh, play at the wing. So um, I think the Lakers have put themselves in a situation to where. I mean, even last year in the playoffs, we saw what it was with their role players, but it was just Denver was just too much to handle, even with AD being able to basically match what Jokic was doing every night. Uh, The role players just outplayed them. Uh, I think the Lakers' role players will be able to be the ones to say, oh, we got on that streak in the playoffs where our role players every night were giving us the same consistent output and that's yeah. what was able to lead us to win. So yeah, I got Boston against the Lakers um, for the finals this year. I got you. Yeah, I think out of the, out of a bunch of teams, not just the Lakers and Denver, when you talk about role players, it's just confidence. Like that's all that Denver was feeding off of last year was confidence. To where after they beat the Lakers, especially by sweeping the Lakers, by the time the finals start, they just felt like they couldn't even miss. Like. And I was about to say, I'm saying role players, but Jamal Murray is a star. Like, you know, that's so so him and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to. I wasn't even referring to Jamal Murray when I was saying this. I was talking to like the, the, uh, the, um, what's my boy name? Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm throwing, yeah, I'm throwing Jamal Murray in there too as well. Yeah. As a role player? I mean, he's not Jokic is the guy. That's why I'm like, well, everybody else is well, the role player, basically. Like that's shocking. Like and, and to me is is definitely like a star. Like j- last year, role I, player. Once again, I'm <laughs> he's an all star. I consider him an all star. Uh, but just like I don't know, I <laughs> he's a really good player. Last year was his best consistent output since the bubble uh, when it came to the playoffs. Even the regular season, he didn't look like he looked in the playoffs last year. Um, I don't I don't consider him a, ro- a role player, but in when it comes to it's Jokic and then it's the rest of the team, the rest of the team are role players when I look at it like that. 
just like Lakers, LeBron, AD, everybody else is a role player. That might not necessarily be true, but you know, those are the superstars of the team. And that's how I look at it. Yeah, I feel you. I just, the way you see it, LeBron and AD are clearly the stars and better than everybody else on this team. I'm saying that's how I have them. Yeah, you can tell me Jokic is the most important. Jamar Murray isn't a superstar. It's basically what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying everybody else is role players. That's basically what I'm saying. Because when we look at Phoenix, I'm going to say Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, everybody else is role players. Well, you still got Bradley Beal on that team, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not trying to discredit Jamal Murray at all. I'm I just saying, you. you know, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, man, because, I mean, I remember just last year you had people like, that man deserved MVP, but they're going to find a way to give it to Joker just because he's the face of the organization. And I'm like, if you're looking at it from another standpoint, he went on a streak that was just unreal in, in uh, the playoffs, Jamal Murray. And oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, then when you get to the finals, I mean, his game creating open looks for others. So he's passing the ball. So, of course, his number's going to be down just because of the position that he's in, being a point guard. A lot of times he's giving up the ball at the right time that leads to assist, or maybe it's even a hockey assist where he doesn't get any credit for it. But yeah. I think he played yeah, he played phenomenal. He's tough. Oh, he one did, my, for sure. He's also one of my favorite players, if you can't tell by now. Yeah, I definitely, I'm definitely big on Jamal Murray. Like I said, it just took him a while to shake back from his injury. Yeah. But, um, yeah, from what we saw in the bubble, like, we knew his game was there. It was dang, yeah. he got hurt. So we, we haven't really been able to see it up until these last playoffs. Yeah. Um, but man, we're what an hour and a half out from game time here. Uh, so we're gonna yeah. go, so we're gonna go ahead and hope for the best here tonight. Uh, with the New Orleans Saints taking on Jacksonville, uh, and we'll get back down here Wednesday, hopefully with a a four and three record, and and looking uh towards what we got another AFC South team, Colts. Uh, I think we play the Colts after this. So yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's so, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully we can get out of tonight with a 4-3 and record, and we'll be back yep. here next week to, to gloat about it, hopefully. Absolutely. Hope somebody put um, Trevor Lawrence in the figure four and a, and a sharpshooter before the game. Uh, <laughs> and he's ruled out. That's what I'm hoping for. But, yeah, man, let's get let's get above 500 tonight, man. And this will be a meaningful win. And uh, happy the game is on a Thursday, so I don't have to – Spend all Sunday and, and Monday not being able to focus on football, <laughs> able to get this one out the way and let me regroup yep. for Sunday. So exactly, hopefully we're, four, hopefully we're four and three, man. When we uh before we go to bed tonight. Yes, sir. We'll be right back at it next week. I'm in the league, you boys not in my league If you listen close, I'm coaching, say key Cause a boy hella dope without pushing a Blanco Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto If I don't do nothing, I'm about Lonzo Every time I do it, do it the coldest